Terry from No Crumbs Left, and I'm excited for you to hear this episode with Michelle Branch. I had the fantastic opportunity to meet Michelle and her husband, Patrick Carney, in Mexico, and we catch up today hearing about her journey, about music, motherhood, and cooking. Let's go. It's No Crumbs Left, and I'm delighted to have singer, songwriter, mom, cook, Michelle Branch. Michelle, thanks for being here. Thank you, Terry. I'm uh, wishing we were where we first met when we could speak in person and be outside by the beautiful ocean in Mexico. <laughs> I mean, is that one fabulous place to go? Hotel Ascencia, we loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, take me back. When are we going back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want that. We want the retour. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it when you do the tour again? Oh, I, you mean the, uh, get, getting the band back together? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Whatever it <laughs> Let's is. Get the band like, back together. We want to go there. So tell me, how did it all start for you? You know, you are a person who's hugely impactful for an entire generation of people. And I imagine that you must get some amazing stories about what your music has been and done for people. Um, and so tell me how it started for you. Yeah, so I grew up in a tiny town in Northern Arizona called Sedona. It's a resort town. I love Sedona. And yeah, that's where my mom and dad still live. And I, I was singing from the time I could talk. I was just completely obsessed with music. And I started playing guitar. Uh, I got a guitar for my 14th birthday and started playing guitar and writing my own music. And pretty soon after that, um, I, I remember I walked out to the living room one night and my mom and dad were watching TV and I said, Hey mom and dad, I want to play you a song. And they were like, okay, we're watching Jeopardy, but whatever. And muted it. And I played them a song and they were like, that was great. Whose song is that? And I said, my song, I wrote it. And they were like, wait, what? And so that kind of just continued on until, um, I started booking local shows in Sedona at restaurants and my mom managed a Mexican restaurant at the time. So I would play there in the bar and then get promptly kicked out the minute that I was, uh, done singing. Cause I was a minor in a bar and <laughs> I started recording like demos to sell at these shows that I would play. And one day a friend of my parents who worked at a timeshare in Sedona, very close to our house. She called me and said, you need to get down here. There's a guy who says he's in the music business. He works for a record company. You should come bring him a tape. And my parents weren't home. I was too young to drive. And so I took my neighbor's golf cart and I drove down to the resort where he was on the timeshare tour. And I was waiting at the end for him and gave him a tape. He was completely like horrified by this kid bugging him. Um, but as luck would have it, he and his girlfriend got in a fight on their drive back to Los Angeles and weren't talking. And so they put my tape in the car, the rental car to fill the, the silence. And he was like, oh my God, this girl is really good. And so he called me when he got back to LA and was like, what's going on? You need to tell me more about your music. And, and the rest was history. Wow. Yeah. So you've gotten to work with some amazing people. I mean, tell us about your first record and how that happened and what, you know, what that was like once you got signed and. Yeah. So it's very, this has been on my mind a lot lately because the 20th anniversary of my first album is this August. 
um, which is just wild. Um, cause I, I, uh, I turned 38 this year. So I was 18. I had just turned 18 when my first record came out and, um, you know, coming from small town, Arizona, I moved to LA when I was 16. I don't know how my parents, I, I have a daughter who's turning 16 in August. And I look at my mom and dad and say, how could you let me move to Los Angeles by myself at 16? You guys are crazy. Um, but my dad said I was going to go whether they supported me or not. And so I moved to LA. I got a record deal um, with that manager who first listened to my tape um, at the timeshare. And it was, the only way I can explain it is it was like a, one of those movies that you see where a band is discovered there in the studio. And the next thing you know, they leave the studio and it's on the radio and then it's on the TV and then they're on a world tour. It really happened that quickly. Um, and for, for me, you know, being out of the house for the first time on my own and, and getting to travel the world, it was, it was a whirlwind for sure. The first, those first few years were completely unbelievable. So you moved to LA, I mean, like at 16, how do you get an apartment? Right. <laughs> um, my manager, uh, his name is Jeff, the guy I keep talking about. Um, he, he had an apartment and he was moving in with his girlfriend and he's like, I don't want to lose this apartment. So I took over his lease and I don't even know if it was legal or if they knew I was there. Um, it was, it was right in the middle of Hollywood and it was close to the studio. And I just, I moved out to LA on my own and, and worked my butt off that first year. Um, and yeah, it's, it's crazy that I didn't get into any <laughs> And especially uh, being a mother now, you know, you've got a 16 year old, I've got kids that are in their twenties, you know, so it's just hard to sort of imagine that whole scenario. I mean, obviously it was meant to be, and it all worked out. Yeah. It, it, it was a certain leap of faith that your parents took for sure. Well, yeah, I would never let my daughter move to LA on her own now. Um, but I think honestly, I was just so completely absorbed in music and and making my first record that I, I didn't even have time to even really be that social it was just to the studio and back I would go there around noon we would have lunch we'd work into the night and I would get home at one or two in the morning and go to sleep and do it all again the next day so it it I didn't really have a lot of time to to get in into any trouble or even like socialize so Right. And then um, when you traveled all over, so tell me about that. Like, where did you do the tour and what was that like? Yeah. So, you know, here I am. I had never even left the country before. I mean, we had gone, we had driven over the border to Rocky Point in Mexico as kids, but I had never, I had never had a passport. I'd never traveled. And suddenly my record hit and I was touring all over the world. I mean, everywhere from Europe to Asia. My mother is Dutch Indonesian on her mother's side. And so my maternal grandmother was born in uh, East Java, Indonesia. I was able to go to Jakarta, which was incredible. I spent a lot of time in Japan. Um, touring Asia was absolutely incredible. Um, it was it was really, really wild. And especially because I, you know, it, it really was like, my first time on my own as a young adult. I mean, that's incredible. And did it, did it influence sort of like your love of cooking and culture and 
yes, I ignite some of that. Yes, I I went from you know being in a very very teeny tiny town to being thrown into these incredible cultural experiences and meeting so many people I wouldn't have normally crossed paths with. And I think uh, the first thing that you notice when you are away from home for an extended period of time is you miss food. You miss your home cooking. You, you know, you can eat at the nicest restaurants every night if you want, but at the end of the day, you just, there's something about having a home cooked meal and being on the road for, you know, months on end that, that really became evident. So I early on really started to make a point of figuring out where I was going to eat in each city that I was visiting and just not getting stuck in a backstage venue eating catering, but really like plan ahead and say, Oh, okay. You know, going to the city, where's the like local spot and, and or you'd have a day off and you'd make friends and you'd end up eating at their parents' house. Um, so that, that really, I, I feel like I got to experience so much more that way when I made an effort to, you know, not just order off of a room service menu. And how many, how long was that whole sort of like touring and all of that? Gosh, well, touring never really never stopped until when my daughter turned. So I had my daughter in 2005 and she grew up on, on tour. My ex-husband was a bass player and we all toured together. So she grew up on a tour bus and it really didn't slow down until she was about six. And that was really because at that point we, we couldn't really pull her out of school anymore. And I wanted her to be home and be able to make friends and have kind of like a stable home life and not be on the bus all the time. So I really, I toured for, for many years. And one of the, one of the years, uh, that we toured the most was I was in a country band for a bit called the wreckers, a country duo. And I think we toured like 280 days out of the year. We were on the road. Right. It was pretty intense. That's very intense. Does yeah. your daughter, does your, you have a daughter and a son. Yeah. Right. And do you see, is like anybody like mom, I want to be a rock star. My little boy who's yeah. two and a half definitely has something. I mean, he, he woke up at five 30 this morning and all, all I, the first thing I could hear on his baby monitor was him singing. He just wakes up singing, singing all the time. He's kind of a great sense of melody. He loves to listen to music. He's very picky about what songs we have in the car when we're driving around running errands. My daughter, on the other hand, wants nothing to do with it. She's like, Ugh, mom, not that again. Like, Ugh, do I have to go to another show? And um, she loves music, but I, I think she's a uh, and, and the fun, the irony is she actually, she's a really great singer herself, but she, she doesn't want to follow in, in my footsteps at all. What do they say that, you know, there's no, the only thing worse than having an uncool mom is having a cool mom. Is that true? Well, I, I don't know. If she, I, she's 16, so I'm definitely not cool right now. Right. <laughs> I love that. So tell us about your latest album and your latest collaboration and, you know, how you met Patrick and. Yeah. So Patrick, um, who you met, uh, on our vacation. Um, Patrick and I met 
back in 2015, I was looking for a producer for my album and we, you know, it's the, the oldest story in the book. We went in to make a record. We barely really knew each other. We'd met briefly here and there. And by the end of that project, we were just completely head over heels and uh, fell in love while we were making that record. And uh, this year, quarantine started and we have a studio here at our house in Nashville. And I had been sitting on just some song ideas here and there. And, you know, having my daughter doing virtual school here at the house and also having a toddler here at the house it's a lot to be under one roof all the time so I the studio was kind of our getaway spot to have like husband wife alone time like let's go write some songs and hang out and um just have some alone time so we started recording and writing at the beginning of quarantine and I didn't really think it was much. And there was a certain point, probably about four months in where all of a sudden I was like, wait, do, do we really have these 10 songs? Are they really sounding like they're complete? And so we, I surprised myself and was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm making an album. And uh, we finished it and it's going to be out uh, early next year, which is very exciting. Um, and yeah, I, it definitely, it was a nice distraction from what was going on in the world in 2020. And tell people who your husband is. Oh yeah, my husband, Patrick Carney. He's, uh, he's in the Black Keys. He's a drummer, uh, but he's also an incredible musician and producer in his own right. Um, but it was really cute, I have to say, when I opened... Uh, when I opened the bowls that got sent, uh, the beautiful bowls you sent me, um, I was unpacking one of the boxes and someone wrote a little note uh, on the cardboard and said, packaged by Chris, I'm a huge Black Keys fan. So oh, I told Pat that. to tell Chris, Pat, Patrick saw that and thank you very much. I love that. Well, I never know when we order something, it, you know, it, it takes some time. So I never know, is it three weeks or is it six so that yeah. it came yesterday uh was just like perfect and by Kismet. the way that i mean clearly you're an artist you know you're interested in so many things but the picture that you set up we're all like that picture is like amazing it's like the cookbook the, is that your kitchen i mean that is That's extraordinarily beautiful thank and the you pottery thank you. we're like yeah she's an artist i think she knows a thing or two well the pottery looks so beautiful in the kitchen it was like you picked the perfect colors so uh, i was very very excited i felt like it was christmas yesterday when i checked the mail um yeah patrick and patrick is an incredible cook and he actually he worked a lot of odd jobs before the black keys you know became successful and and some of those jobs were restaurant jobs so he's, he's very, uh, my, my ex-husband didn't cook at all. And so when Patrick and I got together and I, I was with a man who cooked for the first time, I was shocked. Like he's the best sous chef ever. He'll prep all my stuff. He'll chop everything for me and I'll walk into the kitchen. It's, it's such a joy to be able to, to cook together with him. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a fan. We we're constantly fighting over who's making dinner. 
I love it. It's kind of like that with Roy too. Roy's an extraordinary cook. He started cooking for his family when, like when he was seven years old. Yeah. And he's just wow. a real like a MacGyver. He can just sort of make anything. And I think in a way there is nothing sexier than having the man that you love cook for you. It's like the I best thing ever. I completely agree. I, I absolutely agree. Now you guys are in Nashville, but then I know yes. you guys sort of go, you know, I know you have another place you spend time. Yeah, we, we, during, during quarantine, and I'm sorry, I keep talking about quarantine, but okay. I guess it was just like crazy year. Um, during quarantine, we decided to bite the bullet and get a place in Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of our favorite, favorite cities. Um, and it, the reason why I bring up the pandemic is because it was one of those things that we always said, one day we're going to do this. Like it was our our dream, like one day we'll buy a house in the low country. And all of a sudden the pandemic hit and we're like, wait a minute, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Why are we waiting on something that we could do right now? And, um, and plus it's, it's driving distance from Nashville. So we were able to like put the kids in the car and, and go and be, you know, have a new change of scene. So it really kept us sane during 2020. Um, but now we're going back, uh, we're going back this week and, uh, I'm so excited because all the restaurants are opening back up and everything's starting to kind of like emerge. Um, it's a fantastic city. You, de you ha definitely have to come visit us there. And is, oh, we'd love to. Is it, is it though, is it like a quieter, is it a quieter pace of life than it is in Nashville? How is it different? Roy and I go back between Chicago and Michigan and in Michigan, it's like we're on some land, it's quiet, you know, there are trees. So it's a different sort of a vibe. How, how is it different? It's actually completely opposite for us. So where we live in Nashville, we live outside of town in Nashville. We're on acreage. We have a horse farm behind us. Like we're, it takes some effort to coax us into town here in Nashville. Like I feel like all the good restaurants are like a good 30 to 45 minute drive. So we are definitely very secluded here. And uh, what we loved about Charleston was we can walk out of our front door to dinner. We can walk to the beach. We can walk to the harbor. We can, it's just so lively and there's kids everywhere in the neighborhood we are. And um, it was really important to me. Like after this last year, I was like, I want to be somewhere where I can walk to get a cup of coffee walk to go eat dinner I don't want to get in my car and drive anywhere and um so that was one of the main things is is the city's really walkable oh great well it sounds amazing yeah. people I but, have, don't, I, but don't go there in July or August because it is so hot so <laughs> everyone you go, warned us <laughs> yes so you go what you go in June or you go May June yeah, we, well, this, this last year we were fortunate because Owen was doing virtual school. So we were able to be there a lot, but yeah, we'll, we'll spend the cold months and, and then the months around the May, June and fall, we'll just bounce back and forth. So it's been kind of, even though it's been this challenging year, it's also been an amazing year just to sort of nest, to really be with your family. And I'm sure Patrick's on the road, typically a lot, I'm assuming. He was supposed to be on the road with the Black Keys all of last summer. And he would have missed, you know, that, that whole time with our son, who's really, you know, he's two and a half, he'll be three in August. Um, and he's, he's so grateful that he was home to be around and, and see, you know, they changed so much at, 
at that age, at every age really, but just to be home and have that family time was really just such a blessing in disguise for, for the two of us. I mean, um, we're in the fortunate position that a lot of our musician friends really, their bread and butter is touring. And fortunately we were, we were okay. Um, but it's, you know, it was one of those years that made us kind of really realize what we, what was important to us and what we valued and, and home and family life is like completely at the top of, of our list. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm follow Patrick on Instagram and I'm on his friends and, you know, family and, and, you know, he'll, he'll do these like, just like great family pictures, a picture of the baby. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, it's like that. And I just, it's very touching and sweet, you know, oh, kind good. of like what he posts and what's important to him. Um, and he, you know, certainly you are the apple of his eye. Absolutely. Anybody can Aww. see that. We'll be right back with more No Crumbs Left Table Talks. So speaking of sitting around the pool and having a cocktail, like we did with Michelle Branch, how are you feeling about Spindrift Spiked? Oh my gosh, I love them. You know, normally I'm not the kind of person to drink something like that, but this is like Spindrift. It's real fruit ingredients and it is delicious. It's not that natural flavor kind of a thing. I love these drinks. I'm like such a big seltzer fan, like a spike seltzer. It's totally my drink. They're so easy. They're so fun. And I have to imagine that Spindrift has the very best one because Spindrift is the best, let's face it. It, It's freaking delicious. I mean, there's mango, pineapple, lime, half and half. I would say pineapple and mango, of course, are my favorites. Really delicious. You can't get them everywhere yet, but guess what? You can get them in Southern California. We might not even have time to do the after show because I'm basically getting my keys and running out to get them now. So you'll see later if we have an after show. Let's go. So when will he, how will touring change? Will he go back this fall? Yeah. So they, um, so Patrick has an amazing record that came out last week. Um, called Delta cream and he, I think they're touring next year. I mean, I've heard they're touring next year. I don't know the exact specifics off the top of my head, but, um, music, live music is, is coming back. And I'm, I'm so relieved and, and kind of shocked. It's, it seems like it's happening sooner than I thought it would. Um, for instance, there's a a big festival here outside of Nashville called pilgrimage fest, and they are, playing the black keys are playing it and when he told me a few months back that they were playing it I was like is it gonna be safe like are you sure it's gonna be okay and he was like I don't know we'll see and now as we're getting closer to it I'm like oh yeah it's totally gonna be fine and it's such a relief I mean I've I like I said earlier I have so many friends who are musicians who whose livelihood is touring and they're, they're really struggling this year and so to get that back is is amazing for them. But also I just think collectively for people to be able to go out and hear live music again. Um, it was so many people stopped me this year and said, I can't believe how much I miss it. I didn't realize how important it was to me. Yeah. It's huge. And it's interesting how quick, you know, how it's gone from like, it seems that it's very far away to all of a sudden, you know, the world is opening back up. It's definitely happening quicker. I think than I thought, and you know, yeah. so many people thought. Yeah. So 
So people have asked, I did a thing today and I've got up some questions. I was like, oh, anybody wants a question? Oh my gosh. So one thing people want to know about the records is what's happening. You know, yes. I think you guys have an Instagram. We saw some videos today. Um, so <laughs> just tell me, you know, is there anything you can tell us about that? Yeah. So the records was my country duo um, with Jessica Harp. And it was a really successful record for us. Like I said, we toured nonstop on that album. And we had kind of like a tumultuous breakup. And I, I tell people it was more heartbreaking and devastating than when I got divorced. Um, it was it was really kind of out of the blue. And um, at the time when we broke up, you know, I, I never thought I would ever even be on speaking terms with Jessica again. And the beauty, the beautiful thing is time really does heal so much. And when I was out on tour for my album that Patrick produced back in 2017, I invited her out to the Nashville show and asked if she would sing a couple songs with me. And I mean, I hadn't seen her in so long. We hadn't spoken in so long. And uh, she showed up to soundcheck and it was just like magic to have her open her mouth and sing with me. It was just like no time had passed at all. And it was really healing for the both of us. Um, and we started talking about writing and, and making music. And we're like, you know, no pressure. Let's just get together and see what it's like. And she lives in Kansas City, Missouri. And so we, we were planning, you know, okay, when can you come to Nashville? Let's like keep this low pressure, not tell anybody. And then I found out I was pregnant with my son Reese <laughs> and she called me about two months later and said, I'm pregnant too <laughs> with, her, with wow. her first daughter. Oh my gosh. So our entire plans to go back in the studio, um, got put on hold. And so we're like, okay, you know, we'll get, we'll get back in the studio and then COVID hit. So, uh, we've had to kind of delay it, but we, uh, we have plans. So I've been working on like a 20th anniversary special edition package of the spirit room, my first album, and then my new album will come out. And then I, if I could look into a crystal ball, I would tell you that then a records album will come out. Um, which is just, honestly, I, I never thought I would ever say that phrase again. So it's, it's been really exciting and, and, um, I think a lot of people were excited to hear it as well. Absolutely. People are, you know, very, very interested <laughs> in it. Um, so tell us, people are saying that you should uh, be filming with Architectural Digest and that, you know, you are, have this amazing interior design and that's something that everybody knows. Tell us, tell us about that. Oh gosh. I, um, I love, 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 love old houses. I love antiques. I love I could, that's another thing I really try to do when I'm on tour and traveling is, you know, go to flea markets and, and antique stores and whatnot. Um, it's, it's definitely a, something I love to do a passion of mine. And I'm always Patrick teases me because most of the time I spend on my phone is looking at houses, looking at old houses. And I'm always finding some, you know, rescue this Victorian house in Indiana. If you can drive it, it's yours. And I'm always like, Patrick, is this the one? 
he's like, oh my God, no, it's not. It's falling down. What are you doing? But, um, but yeah, I just, I really, it's a, I think it's just an extension of, of it's another way for me to be creative. And I, I think also just having had, having traveled so much and, and having visited so many beautiful places, it's, it's, it's just become a really, a, a big joy of mine is, is uh, interiors. Seems like if you, if you weren't a musician, you could have uh, opened a bakery and, or been an interior <laughs> designer, right? Lots of different Yeah, things. those, those were my backup plans. I mean, I've, I've had multiple people ask me to, to design their houses and I'm just like, um, I'm going to be on tour all summer. <laughs> How does that fit into your schedule? Right. What's the, is there a plan to do another tour? Yeah. So I don't know. So I was talking with uh, my record label and management and this fourth quarter of 2021 is going to be so full for bands and musicians getting back out on the road that I didn't want to like get in the way of that. Um, so I kind of wanted to let everyone kind of out of the gate first and see how it goes. Of course. Um, but at the same time, the beauty is, you know, we have virtual shows now and all that. So I, I might play a virtual show around the anniversary of spirit room, which would be great. Um, but then I definitely will hit the road next year. You know, it'll be interesting because Patrick will also be on the road. Um, but it's just going to be one of those things where we're going to need like grandparents at the helm and, uh, to get creative schedule wise with, with kids and, and touring. And then, I mean, is that what you do? Do, do, do grandparents come on the tour? How, how does it work? I yeah. Mean, I know you haven't figured it out yet, but what are some possibilities? <laughs> it's one of those things you just kind of make up as you go. Um, yeah. I, so Owen, our daughter goes into her junior year next year and you know, she cannot be pulled in and out of school in her junior year. It's just too, too, um, it's too much of a distraction. And so usually we have like grandparents come here to stay with her, to keep her at school. And then Reese, her little brother, we can take him because he's, you know, a preschooler. Um, and we usually like have a nanny or grandma or someone comes out and helps. Um, but it definitely takes a village. And it does. And the truth is we're all making it up as we go along in life. So it's, it's, yeah. it's the same, it's the same mantra for all of us. Yeah. What someone wants to know, what is your favorite, I mean, knowing that you are a good cook, you like to eat, you like to cook. What's your favorite potluck dish? Like, what do you bring when you really want oh my gosh. to show off? Yes. I am a baker at heart. Um, I, I usually bring a fruit pie to a potluck. I'm usually totally, I'm always on dessert duty and all of my friends know that about me. Um, something that I love, love, love to bring to potlucks is, um, strawberry shortcakes or berry shortcakes or fruit shortcakes. Um, so I'll do like the shortcakes separately and then just do a big bowl of fresh fruit and side of whipped cream. That's always an easy one. And, and you can make them gluten-free too. Um, but yeah, fruit pie, anything, any kind of fruit forward dessert, like crumbles, pies, all that sort of stuff is my favorite. Yeah. And what do you like to do? We're, we're doing a whole issue on strawberries, which are very in season right now. Yes. What do you like to do with strawberries? 
I like them fresh. I don't yeah. like cooked. I will. Yeah. I mean, I, I like a strawberry rhubarb pie, right. but I really like to do kind of like a, um, healthier homemade version of like the Marie calendar strawberry pie with the mm -hmm. glaze. Um, so I'll do just fresh strawberries and, and, you know, a pie shell with some whipped cream on top or, but the shortcakes really like shortcakes are my favorite thing on earth. Yeah, I mean, shortcakes are so great. Well, yeah. I mean, with my book, I want to say I'm not a baker at all. So in the book, I have almost no desserts of any kind. Of I know, I, I saw that. I'm, I, I saw must that. have seen it and been like, what the, you know what? First of all, it's a Whole30 endorsed book. So, yeah. what it, you know, so it's like great, you know, gluten-free and, and all that. And I'm gluten-free. And then I'm always trying to figure out ways not to eat sugar. And I'm the kind of person, if I bake, I, I would be a little bit out of control. So, and I'm the worst baker ever. So I can make yeah. my friend Moni's carrot cake, which is excellent. And I can yes. make a, a simple crumble, but no, I mean, my, just like you on a potluck will bake. I will always make some spectacular you know, dish. So is Patrick more of the sort of the cook than you're more the baker? He's more the cook. I'm more the baker, but he's, he, he can cook with like a proper cook does where they're not measuring anything. They're just kind of winging it. He never follows a recipe. He's always kind of like, Oh, I'm going to try this. And as a baker, that kind of makes me feel like the rug has been pulled out from under me. I mean, I can find my way around like certain dishes but i'm like no i need the recipe i want the ratios i i need the the exact kind of formula or it's not going to work and my mom my mom is an incredible cook and she's the same as patrick and i she, my mom cannot bake at all and that is why i became the baker in the family was because my mom used to love having these dinner parties and she'd be like oh i don't know what to do for dessert michelle can you bake something and so as a kid, I was always like baking for my mom because she would be like, I don't know what happened. I didn't follow the recipe and it didn't turn out yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't work that way with baking mom. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. And Lucy was always the baker uh, in, in our in our family. And I'm I have like basic anxiety when it comes to baking. It's just like and I like <laughs> to put everything in my little crumbles and weigh and measure. But it's yeah. just something about baking. I want it to end. I want it to be over with. I feel such anxiety <laughs> about it. Uh, the outcome is nice, but uh, so it's a good, you know, it's a good combination. Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, I, I have really had to tone down my baking this year, like the stress, the COVID stress baking at the beginning of 2020 was out of control. I was like, Patrick, I'm going to have to like burn all of the clothes in my closet. Like I, I will never wear jeans again if I keep this up. Because every day I was like so stressed. And I was like, what do we need to make? I'm making yes. cookies for you. I'm making muffins. I'm making pancakes. I'm making this. And finally I was like, okay, it's stopping. It's stopping. It's stopping. We yeah. can't have this stuff in the house anymore. We had the same thing. I mean, Roy was making the most delicious. It's like mac, he was doing like gluten-free macaroni and cheese. There's a lot of gluten-free yeah. baking. We were making this yeah. lemon cake. We were doing hams. We were doing ham with <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Yum. And, you know, finally in January, I was like, I have to have a whole year that's just really devoted to eating healthy because like, yeah. and I look at pictures like a year ago where it's like, oh my God, I look so freaking puffy. I can't believe <laughs> it. So I want to learn moderation and, uh, you know, and embracing health. And I think a lot of people in, you know, this year are like, okay, we got to rein it back in. Yeah. I think collectively we've all been traumatized and we're all in the same exact boat. Um, but that's why I was so excited to get your book was because I was like, 
oh, thank God. Like, I'm so tired of making my same like go-to recipes. I'm so tired of the tastes of our household of like the same dishes we make. Like I need some new flavors. I need some healthy stuff. And I'm so glad there's no dessert recipes yes, in your I know. book. When you said it, I was, <laughs> For like, that I was like, oh my God, I'm horrified. Um, well, the, here's the other thing is that Patrick will like it because it's the kind of thing, if you're a cook, you can simply look at the ingredients and then you can make your own version. And I think that's, you yeah. know, for people who love to cook, it's a great thing. You can just change it all up. And I do that all the time. I look at ingredients, I look at the picture and then I'm like, oh, I'm going to make some version of it without looking at the recipe. To me, that's the hardest thing about being a blogger is creating a recipe that people can get the same thing. Oh yeah, it's, it's you know, and and we we were lucky on the book they and they recommend it is that we had a recipe tester. So she took everything and it would be like, oh Terry, you're not saying salt, but you're thinking salt because I'm always thinking what I'm doing, but to try to get it on paper. And we've gotten a lot better. Yeah, you know, and we you know got people that help you know whip it all into shape. Well, I I'm so appreciate you, you 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 coming on. This is so much fun. Of course. Tell me what you're the most excited about right now, just going forward in your life of like, you know, someone's like, what she, what, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? But I always, I, I don't even know about that question, but what are you kind of just birthing and you're the most excited about? Well, it's really funny. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, I've been very nostalgic about my first album since it's turns 20 this year. And we're doing this kind of special project to honor that anniversary. And so I've been reading old articles or old blurbs where they have been literally asked me, where do you want to be in 20 years? And here I am. And I'm happy to report that I'm exactly where I wanted to be 20 years ago. I said, I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to still be making music. And I think, um, I finally kind of hit this balance of, of family life and work life where, where in my early twenties work just dominated everything I did and took over. And, and now I've been able to kind of slow down and feel comfortable saying no to certain things. And, um, so it feels great, but I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to be making music. It's just inevitable whether people hear it or not, I'm always going to, that's my main kind of outlet for creativity and, and having a husband who's a producer really is my, to my benefit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for people to hear the new music that we've been making during, during lockdown. And as you know, things are coming up about this 20th anniversary. Let us know. We want to help and support. I will shout out, you know, there's nothing we like better than shouting out our friends. Absolutely. For sure. And you can see you're like that too. So thanks so much for coming on. This has been so great. Where do people find you? People find me these days, mostly on Instagram, um, Instagram and Twitter. That's where, that's where I hang out. My, my website is being rebuilt as we speak. So definitely don't go there unless you want to know tour dates from 2017. You know, people are saying we want to have her on patronage. We want to know more about what she's doing. So, I mean, and I know as a person who creates content, it's a lot to figure all that out, but people are excited about what you have to share and you, you know, you make a real difference. And there's a person who's like, I was engaged at Joshua tree, you know, and I, my fiance proposed to me with your music. And I mean, I'm sure you hear it from people that it's like your music is it's powerful medicine for people and been so influential in making a difference for a whole, a whole lot of people. Thank you so much, Terry. It's, I'm just so happy that, uh, you know, things always kind of work out like, here we are, we're chatting and just, we didn't know each other a couple of months right. ago and I got to meet your beautiful family and um, 
just thank you for having me on the show and a pleasure we're gonna we're gonna rope patrick in too sometime soon yeah he 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 wants to chat with me too for sure great so what's your instagram it's just michelle branch it's just at michelle branch twitter's at michelle branch as well wonderful thanks for being here Thank you. Everybody, thanks for listening. Come find me at No Crumbs Left on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, the blog, and definitely subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day. Welcome to my after show. So glad to be invited back again. Thanks for having me. You must be, you're like really nice. You're doing a lot of very nice things lately because you keep getting invited back. I'm a regular. I've never had a more frequent guest than you on this after show. Fantastic. Keep up the good work. So Michelle Branch, I mean, what a freaking honor. She's pretty amazing. I mean, just... She's just about as like down to earth and sort of like normal and just kind and, uh, and, and she's a rock and roll chick. I mean, I love her. She's such an icon. I, I, it makes me feel sad to know that there might be kids knowing growing up who don't know, like what a huge impact Michelle Branch has had on music and had on like people in my generation, like growing up to her music. She was just like the OG, like like rock, like punky rock, rocker chick. Like everybody wanted to be Michelle Branch and everybody still does. Well, I love it when you say OG and you're 38. I mean, I'm thinking OG is going to be someone like my age, but it's like you're 38 and you're the OG. <laughs> well, I know, I know people, I know there were people that came before, but I I, I think Michelle Branch is pretty much the OG. Yeah. I mean, you she shaped music it. forever. I'll say it now. Michelle Branch is everywhere to me. She's everywhere. Very, very good. (laughs) I love that she was playing in bars like when she was young and then would like promptly get kicked out because she was (laughs) like a young kid playing in a bar. Yeah. I mean, so, so unbelievable. The stories of like, now you're 16 and you're moving without your parents to California from a small town, right? Or like how she, her parents weren't home and her friend called to say the big guy from the music industry was there. And so she's like, my parents aren't, aren't home. I don't know how to drive. So she takes her neighbor's golf cart to the resort where the dude is, <laughs> goes and gives him a tape. Like, I feel like that is so, it's like the dreamiest story ever. It's, it's, it's the classic for sure. And it's, to me, it's that story about like, if you want stuff to happen, make it happen. Don't take no for an answer. Go after it and make, make stuff happen. It feels like a very Terry Turner doing the lemonade every day kind of story. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. Do you want to share how you guys met? Like, is there any, I think there's a good story in there. Oh, that's so great. I thought it was going to be the lemonade story, but now you're like, share something else. Well, what happened was we're in at Hotel Essencia. We're having a fabulous time. And you and I, and this is like one of the funny things, is that you and I are kind of like the mayors of whatever. It's like, we're going to meet everyone. We're going to bring everyone in. We're going to find out. You know, you know, it's like we're, our, we're going with our partners who are like, oh, it's a quiet week. And uh, Terry and Lucy won't necessarily be talking to anyone. Well, <laughs> that is not what happened in Mexico. We will uh, find a way. We will, we will find a way. 
And so just swimming and you see this, you know, just nice couple and they're like, oh, you know, you know, I don't know what, how we got to be talking about food and cooking and something, but, you know, we just have a whole conversation and, you know, I'm a person who's not as much a music aficionado, of course, as you and Patrick, I, I, um, I love to listen to it when I'm relaxing. So, you know, finally it was like, oh, we're musicians. And then there was like, yeah, before the you know pandemic, you know, we're, you know, someone says, yeah, we played in amphitheater. Then it's like, well, I probably should ask the name because, uh, you know, other people are going to know, you know, to find out, you know, we've got, you know, Patrick from the Black Keys and Michelle Branch. So I just thought there was something about her. I was really just attracted to her energy. Like I just thought she was so pretty, but it's like that kind of pretty from the inside that like when a person's like their light really just like shines. And so anyways, we just had like a vacation fun thing and, you know, enjoyed some cocktails and, um, you know, just saying hello to one another and, you know, catching up at the pool. So it was fun. It was such a blast. They are just, they're two just wonderful people. Yeah. So they're just fantastic. I, I love to know that little tidbit about Michelle's like propensity for looking at like old Victorian homes on their last limb. And then she goes over to Patrick and, and, and tries to convince him to, to rescue a house with her. Like that has always been a dream of mine. And I think I get that from my dad. That's like something my dad sort of loves to do is like get a house and flip it. And, but to he, to see that there are other people out there that dream of this, it's very, it feels very validating to me emotionally, at least. Right. Yeah. No, let's just say this. Getting a house and flipping it is not a dream of mine. Get, getting a house, making it lovely and keeping it is a dream of mine. But there's no, yeah, there's nothing in me. Mm-mm, no. It's, it's more like a nightmare of yours, I feel like. It's a freaking nightmare to think about doing that. It's like, I want to get the house just right. And then I want to, like in Michigan, you know, we've been making Michigan, just like finishing it. And Roy's like, at some point I was like, you know, we're thinking about doing this. And he's like, I thought we're done. Do we need to do anymore? And I was like, well, Roy, always perfecting. And because, you know, it's just like tweaking, you know, is it a lamp or something, you know? But anyways, I like staying in a beautiful place and I don't want to, I don't want to move it and sell. No, I don't want to flip it. That's a good Terry, a Terry quote. I like staying in a beautiful place. Oh, yeah. Right. I know what you're thinking of right now. Something very fun. <laughs> the other thing I want you, to say. Do you feel. Com- yeah. You look just what like. What do you want to say? What I want to say is the other thing that was funny about the trip is that you would go off and be chatting with people. And then like at one point, Cece is like injured her eye. She's in the hotel room. She's trying to reach you. But you are off with with this other couple and they might be listening and you are just you right. make best friends and you've like you've completely abandoned the trip you just you're like you know even for that hour like we can't even reach you roy has to bring the medicine to cc's room which is really frankly not like roy you know because it's like oh no lucy's i get this conversation i would rather go and bring this to cc than have to go over and be a part of that conversation and what's funny is that the whole time everybody's in a group chat the whole time you guys know Cece's got like sun poisoning and she's got something in her eye where she's injured it. But I've been looped in talking to these people and I don't, I have no clue that Cece has this happen. And then randomly Roy comes up and says, here, I brought you this that you needed. And he had brought me visine and I go, I don't need that. And then he goes, Oh, it must be for somebody else. And just left. (laughs) 
So then I had no clue. Then when I came back to Cece, Cece was like fuming. Like, why wouldn't you just bring me the visine? And I was like, Roy came up to me and asked me if I randomly needed visine. I had no clue that meant you injured your eyeball. Right. You just were not on the stream when all of it was happening. I was getting my hair blown dry and like practically leaving the appointment to go and deal with the eye situation. It, it was, it was like a classic vacation moment. Yeah. If you're yeah. very, very yeah. hectic. Well, I, I, it's a, it was an honor too, to know that uh, Michelle Branch loves strawberries because we have an upcoming Friday favorites issue about strawberries. And that actually made me remember, do you know, every, like most of my birthdays, you would ask what dessert I wanted. And it was always some rendition of strawberry shortcake. And Michelle also said, she's a shortcake person. And I feel very good about knowing that strawberry shortcake is the way in the life people. I think it's, that's true. I love it. It's it's practically your half birthday. So thank heaven. Thank heaven for strawberries. Thank heaven for strawberries. Well, they mentioned if they, that they, uh, they might need a tour babysitter. So I, you know, I, I thrive, I thrive in part-time jobs. Yes, you do. But I think between, um, between editing Friday favorites and your acting gigs, uh, that seems, uh, yeah. I'm a good multitasker. I can tell you I'm a good multitasker. That's, uh, yeah. That's that's a no. Thank you for asking. That is a serious no. Do you have any last stories? Do you want to share the lemonade yeah. story? No, I'm not going to share that. But I am going to say it might be fun to bring other people from the trip on the podcast. Maybe we'd invite like Gigi to be on the podcast. We could have a whole thing, which is like Hotel Essencia guests. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I we had a whole thing where I there were you know, there was a couple that I met Gigi being one of them where at the beginning, I, I sort of, you know, find people wherever I go, where I kind of target them. And I'm like, these are the people that are going to become our friends. And so I, you know, let you know early, we have some other queers on the trip and I'm going to, uh, force them to be friends with us. So you can assist me in that. And you, you were very helpful. Thank you. Uh, frankly, I, I don't know if Gigi might have liked me better than you. I and mean, I know Gigi liked you, but I want to say Gigi and I just had our own separate friendship. This feels akin to when you are claiming that you have a better fashion taste. So I think we should stop right here. <laughs> okay, we won't we won't make a vote. Uh, yeah, you better that? not you better not make me angry because you might not get invited back to my show. And okay. I, I would love okay. to invite you, but you can't be slinging my name through the mud oh my gosh well i don't think i am but okay (laughs) okay well until we meet again thanks for having me oh thanks for coming on and hopefully i'll see you next time let's go 